it's David and welcome to In the Growth Space. Thanks for listening in today. You know, I do say this every episode, but I I really do mean it. It, I really appreciate you tuning in and, you know, where you choose to invest your time really does matter. And the fact that you've chosen to invest it here really does mean a lot. And man, it's really hard to believe that we're at our 124th episode. You know, I've had some really amazing conversations with all types of leaders and and guests, and and we have some other great ones coming up, including today's guest. And and I would like to just ask you, who would you like to hear on the podcast? You know, as we begin to wind down this season and, and look into the next season, we're thinking about who will be the most interesting and helpful in your growth journey and in my growth journey. So please, um, if you would, send me a note at david at davidmcglennon.com and, and just let me know your, your suggestions. One of the areas of growth that I've had over the last number of years is in the area of how valuable diversity is. And I've, I've learned, and, and I know this is going to sound really laughable, but my way isn't always the, the best way. Um, and, and for any of you who have done the Strengths Finders uh, assessment, you know, one of my top five strengths is self-assurance. And I've learned that the shadow side of the strength is that I can come across as having all the answers. And yet, over the last number of years, I've been humbled to recognize that there are a lot of other perspectives and a lot of other experiences and, and, and situations aren't always as they seem. And so those perspectives are so incredibly valuable. So today, I get the honor of talking with Kareth Foster about the subject of diversity. You know, she brings such an interesting perspective and, and, and our conversation is, is really robust. And I just want to tell you a little bit about her first because she's got such an impressive background. For nearly a decade, Kareth Foster has shared her passion for entertaining and critical thinking across the country. From the airwaves to organizations, from universities to corporations, Kareth has created a seismic shift in mindsets by addressing issues of free expression, diversity, and inclusion. As the former co-host of controversial radio personality Don Imus and a former Fortune 500 Human Resources Executive Administrator, Kareth draws inspiration from her vast experiences creating the perfect blend of anecdotes, audience engagement, and expertise to convey the constant need to address diversity and inclusion. She builds a true connection to her audiences, providing individuals with not only information about diversity, but simple ways to promote inclusion in their daily lives. Kareth has been seen on The Oprah Winfrey Show, uh, Comedy Central, and yes, she is a comedian, she's hilarious, um, and, and The Today Show, and many, many others. So this is such a great conversation. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Kareth Foster. Well, hey, Kareth, welcome to In the Growth Space. So grateful to have you on here today. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, gosh, it's my pleasure. You know, um, I think that one of the things that really interested me about having this conversation is, you know, there's this this conversation around diversity and equity and inclusion in the workplace today. 
and you take a, a little bit different approach and I, I, I love it. And so I wanted just to be able to kind of have a conversation around it. What, what led you to get into this space? You know, they say there are no accidents, right? That's right. That's right. Um, I, it, it was not in my purview starting out. <laughs> like I didn't go to school going, I'm going to go into HR. Yeah. I'm going to like, you know, reframe how we have conversations about diversity. I went to school for journalism. I was going to be a beacon of light and truth. <laughs> I love being in front of people. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be in front of the camera. Um, I got my degree in journalism. I worked at a local affiliate in Missouri where I went to school, moved to New York City to work for The View because, you know, who, well, Barbara Walters, right? Your big boss. Oh, like, yes, how do you yes. say no to that? Right. Um, and while I was there, I found stand-up comedy or rather it found me. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, what I thought was going to be my vehicle for being a beacon of light and truth, um, it, it wasn't. It was going to be a very long track. Not that comedy is easy, but it was a little bit more immediate, right? Being able to reach people and speak to live audiences and bring people together, create a connection. And I love that. And being able to be authentic. Mm -hmm. um, but that comedy track was an incredible vehicle for a learning to become a master communicator because right. the number one rule in comedy is well, it's be funny, but it's, it's know your audience, right? right? And if you're going to convey an idea, a thought, an expression, a concept, mm -hmm. you have to be able to reach people where they are you can't speak over their heads you can't talk down to them not if you want them to be receptive right um and so traveling from washington state to washington dc and even abroad i really got to to hone that skill mm. but it also was a vehicle for a lot of television and radio and one of my most uh prominent roles on television and radio was as don imus's uh co-host uh mm. on imus in the morning and mm. if you recall he was the shock jock uh howard stern's kind of alter ego <laughs> counterpart yes. there his newman yes. uh and, and he got in trouble in 2007 for calling the rutgers women's basketball team um some disparaging remarks hmm. and so i got tapped uh by someone who knew me in the comedy world and said hey you interested in a radio tv job of course, of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh by the way it's with don imus <laughs> and i'm like oh man that don imus so it was it was this call to have a national dialogue about mm -hmm. race and racism in America. Yeah. And I remember being quite torn about it because, you know, at the time he was one of the most reviled men in media. Mm -hmm. And it was a risk. You know, do mm -hmm. I risk my reputation to yeah. join forces with him? Mm -hmm. Or do I see this as an opp opportunity to be a voice where there was a deficit? Mm -hmm. And I chose the latter. Um, it wasn't easy. But yeah. I was very glad that I did. And um, it was certainly a, a very interesting time. I call it my tale of two cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of <laughs> the times. The worst of times, yes. Uh, dream job, very um, damaged boss. Mm -hmm. And um, But it really kind of turned the spotlight for me onto what was happening in the world with conversations around diversity and inclusion. Um, what was happening on college campuses, what was happening in corporate America. Right. And it really, you know, was the 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 catalyst for me coming into this space. So, it, you know, through that experience, Kareth, what what were maybe like the top one, two, or maybe even three things that you learned going through that experience with uh, Don Imus? Oh my goodness! Well, first thing I learned was that when someone is damaged, meaning they've 
got their own issues, right? Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Imus was an alcoholic and a drug addict yeah. who never yeah. sought recovery. Yeah. Um, and he was a self-admitted dry drunk. Mm. So you just never knew who you were going to get on a day-to-day. Oh, wow. You know, the amazing yeah. Marconi award-winning creative genius or a 14-year-old bipolar boy. Like it was, wow. it was tough. It was really yeah, tough I'm emotionally, sure. physically. The cortisol levels were through the roof for everybody on staff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because you hear that a lot about, you know, people who are in celebrity, the celebrity world, it, but this happens to everyday people too. Sure, They deal yeah. with this on a, on a, on a daily basis. And it's, it's yeah. a struggle when there seems to be no HR or there's no one who is going to be an ear to, to help resolve anything. So mm-hmm. one of the things I learned out of that is that it's not you necessarily. It's, it, yeah. it can be someone else, Yeah, but you are responsible for how long you choose to stay there or accept yeah, it. Right. And that was a tough one for me. Um, sure. uh, that was a tough lesson, but I, and when someone first said that to me, I was in Bali actually on a retreat trying to recover from the trauma. <laughs> and bad. I had mentioned nice that place I, to be though, right? <laughs> it was a great, well, it was like, I'm either going to Bellevue or I'm going to Bali. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pick Bali. <laughs> I'm like, if I'm spending that much money, I'm going someplace pretty. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, you know, I was, I had been in a personal relationship at the time that was pretty emotionally abusive. Um, my work situation was, and the woman who was helping me with some asthma issues, giving me acupuncture was like, how did you get to this state? And I said, you know, well, I'm really stressed. I've got all this going on in my life. And I, I told her about my home and work situation. She goes, sweetie, I hate to tell you this, but you're the constant. <laughs> and I remember just being appalled. How dare she right. imply that I have anything to do with what's going on in my life. Right. Yeah. And she funny. wasn't saying that I was responsible for their behavior. You know, it took a little yeah. time to kind of calm down, right? Mm -hmm. I realized that wasn't what she was saying. She was saying that I was responsible for being there. Meaning whatever I did led up to the point where people were allowed to treat me a certain way. So I had to take those reins back Mm -hmm. and figure out how I was not going to put myself in a position like that again. And Mm -hmm. how I was not going to set myself up personally to accept anything less than what I was deserving of and worthy of. Mm And this really ties into this conversation about diversity, right? Because we dictate how people see us by how we see ourselves and how we treat ourselves. And I think that's a message that really gets lost. And it's very easy to want to blame someone else. It's very easy to fall into victimhood in, in all arenas, right? But if you can accept that you are in charge of your happiness, you're in charge Mm -hmm. of your health, you're in charge of your welfare. That, well, it seems scary. It's one of the most incredibly empowering things yeah. and realizations to have. Because from there on out, no one else can dictate how you feel about yourself, what kind of treatment you receive, the circumstances around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think that that speaks to the need for people to really continually grow within themselves because so oftentimes we fight this inner critic, you know, and, and the, the, the feelings of being less than. And so we have to be able to work through that and, and really 
come to a place where we recognize the things that you were just sharing, you know, that, Hey, I'm, I'm worthy of it. I'm worth, worth um, everything that I have. And I need to make choices in my life to help me to be better and do better. And, and, um, and, and I think that's an interesting thing to think about, especially when it comes to, I guess, diversity, because it, when we're talking about diversity, we're thinking about, you know, the us versus them kind of a thing. And I know that you've got, you, you've coined the phrase inversity. And so I'd love to have you kind of talk a little bit about that rather than separating us, but really bringing us together kind of, you know, in that uh, inversity space. Absolutely. So I, I love words, right? Especially, yeah. you know, what I, my, my life as a comedian, um, as a writer and author, and words are powerful, right? And they have right. meaning. And granted, they're also only as powerful as we allow them to be. But like, I, I love looking at the root of words, right? It, the yeah. root of the word diversity, D-I-V, right. it begins words like division, yeah. divide. Yeah. And yet we're supposed to be talking about coming together mm. from a process literally called diversity, where we're dividing people up further into categories and groups. Yeah. And then we're shocked that it's not working. Yeah, it's not working. <laughs> Light bulb moment, right? Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, so I thought, well, what if what if we took what's supposed to be the good stuff of diversity, right? Honoring everything that we are, you know, our background, our heritage, our our histories, mm-hmm. our identities, but we shift the focus from the things that separate and divide us to what we have in common, learn to be truly mm-hmm. inclusive of one another, but most importantly and powerfully introspective right again going back to that understanding your value and worth and connection to humanity mm-hmm. so that you can then see it in someone else we, we've been working from the outside in for so long oh man yeah that's so good and where has it gotten us right right yeah. it has to start with you change has to start with you yeah. good habits have to start with you mm. gosh i i love this because he, you just like said some magic words there, working from the outside in rather than the inside out. And I think that for too long, especially in the corporate world and the business world, we're, we're looking at things externally as opposed to internally from a human perspective and, and, and not recognizing that we're all humans and we all, you know, share a human heartbeat. And, and, and when it comes down to it, if we have conversations with each other, we're going to find that we have a heck of a lot more in common than we think. <laughs> and, and it's just that, you know, having conversations, it's how, how can we get people to come together and, and have those conversations? Agreed a hundred percent. And so much of this is learning to see when the ego is coming into play. Yeah. Right. Because ego loves to be right. The ego yes. loves to rule things. I mean, who doesn't? You can't go online and not see people fight about everything. I mean, right. literally, I saw I saw an argument once about skillet macaroni and cheese. There was one of those cool videos where you see somebody oh who macaroni and cheese. I mean, that should be like the golden like ticket for <laughs> conversations, right? right? And at the very end apparently the person making the video had the audacity to put breadcrumbs on it and make it and oh my word the fights that somehow trump got brought into it like people started talking about mamas like it was ridiculous (laughs) 
And it's like, like okay, that's your ego, right? That's yeah, your ego coming yeah. in play, needing to be right. So if we can understand that that is a big factor, certainly mm-hmm. in, in, in these conversations and learning to just put a harness on it, right? Sometimes yeah. your ego can serve you well, but there are times when it's about connecting with another person who's from a different culture, who's had a different experience, who has a different lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, the need to be right. We have to set that aside. You know, there's a visual that I, I would use sometimes when I when I give presentations, and it's two pictures of my bed. One of the pictures is how I make it up with the eighteen thousand pillows that should be there. Of course, of course. The other is the way my husband makes it up. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can imagine, <laughs> we're good to go, right? Oh, and I I use that visual because. Is the bed made? Yes, it is. Is it made the right way? Well, in my opinion, no, no, it's not. (laughs) But you know what? I realized my need to be right all the time. Guess what stopped happening? My husband stopped making the bed. Guess what that did for me? More work on my end. Right. right? (laughs) It was the need to be right about that small thing. So Mm. important that it cost me more work and time and effort and energy. Yeah. Well, that is so good. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really a question that I think as leaders, we all have to ask ourselves because, you know, is, is it, you know, is it better to be right or is it better to be able to be, you know, in a situation where I've got a relationship with somebody, you know, and, and have, you know, be able to set that aside. Um, gosh, yeah, that's, that's so good. Well, so how do we, how do we do this differently then? How do we have these conversations around diversity or inversity differently so that we don't divide, but we can really learn to kind of set our ego aside and then be able to have these conversations that are more productive and be able to see the best in each other too. I got it's the, the simple, complex, simple equation, right? Okay. Because it really is simple. Like we have the skills to do all of this. Mm. It's complex because we're human beings with different emotions Mm. that come into play, different feelings. And there's no way you can deny feelings when we're talking about diversity, because as much as we want to look at metrics and data and quotas and stats, this is a very personal conversation, Mm. right? Because it's about who you are and how you show up Mm -hmm. and how people treat you. Right, right. So that can't be ignored, right? Mm-hmm. But the simple comes back into play when we realize that, again, we do have more in common than we don't. Mm. And as human beings, most of us want pretty much the same thing. Yeah. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be loved. We want mm-hmm. to be valued. That's it. It's pretty mm-hmm. simple. And we can do that through what I call caring. We can care about each other. And CARE is an acronym within the university methodology that stands for conscious empathy, Mm. active listening, responsible reactions, and environmental awareness. Mm. So good. And when you can do those things and do them well, and it's a practice, right? It's like yoga. They don't call it yoga perfect. They call it yoga practice, right? Practice, yeah. (laughs) Practice. Um, when you can do that, when you can have the conscious sympathy, the active listening, responsible reactions and environmental awareness, you get more caring, you get communication, acceptance, Mm -hmm. respect and engagement. Mm. And so what I do with my work, when I am either delivering a keynote, doing a workshop, doing consulting, um, with organizations, I, I, I teach them how to do those things, how to actively incorporate them 
into their everyday, into their meetings, um, teach mm-hmm. leadership how to let it start from the top and 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 work its way down because it does mm-hmm. start at the top. People mm-hmm. will mimic what they see leadership do, just like children and their parents. Right. Um, and so for a lot of people, it's learning new ways to see things. It's developing an awareness. You know, I love all these conversations about unconscious bias, wanting to, you know, tell people you got bias. We do. We all have bias. Sure, for sure. sure. Yeah. And there are names for it. I mean, I think at this point, there are maybe over a hundred identified implicit biases, which is great, yeah. but it's a lot. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Right. Um, it's nice to be able to put a name to it and be like, oh, that's what I was doing. Hmm. And then you can, you know, work on it. But before you even think about addressing the bias, you have to, you have to create an awareness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what I think has been missing for, from a lot of the DNI work. It's just awareness about how are we having these conversations? Are they fruitful? Are they thoughtful? Is this Mm. about vindication? Is this about, you know, creating equality? Um, There's a lot of just misinterpretations right now with, Mm. you know, everybody kind of having their own idea of what DEI, the E, forget it, the E in DEI, nobody knows what the hell that means. Yeah. Equity, equality, and then nobody can define it the same way. So it's just, it's a nightmare right now. Yeah. How do you how do you raise people's awareness though? I mean, as you like, you you rightly say said you know we got to start at the top. We've got to go to the leadership and the leadership team, and and really be able to raise our awareness. And 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 how do we do that? How do we do that in a practical level? Absolutely. Again, it's a practice, right? And it, yeah. it's a habit. I, one of my favorite books is Atomic Habits. I love it. Yes. Right. And I think, again, one of the errors that a lot of people make, especially when they're trying to genuinely address diversity, um, diversity, inclusion, belonging, all the all the acronyms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, They think, well, if we just like bring a a DEI chief diversity officer in, if we just have a workshop, if we just send people away to a training, we'll problem solved. No, (laughs) it's not just one big thing that's going to change. It's those little micro things that you incorporate into every day. Mm-hmm. And it's been, I hate, really I do, and I know that's a strong word, hate, but I do hate that the word diversity has has been basically hijacked, yeah, right? Sure, sure. And so now when people hear they're going to have a diversity training, their eyes roll the back of their head, they glaze over like, oh God, really another session where I'm going to be told I'm a victim because I'm black or brown or part of the LGBT plus community. Yeah. I'm going to be told I'm a villain because I'm white and I'm straight and I, you know, <laughs> cisgender, like, Right. It's a, that's a no-win scenario for mm. everyone, yeah. right? Yeah. Under the umbrella of diversity, it really should just be communication, leadership, and development. Like mm-hmm. that's really what this is: human yeah. beings learning how to interact with one another in a thoughtful, compassionate, so, noble way. Yeah, that's so good. You know, and 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 you bring up a really good point, especially around habits, because when it when it comes to actually changing the way we're having those conversations and changing the commu- way we communicate, it takes time. And, you know, it, it, it is a practice. I mean, it's just like anything, you know, like our, our culture um, in, a, in our organizations, it doesn't change overnight just because somebody says that we want to change our culture. It takes a practice and we have to keep at it and keep working at it and keep having conversations and, and really even, you know, recognizing when we as humans have these weird things called emotions that, you know, fire up and, you know, and, 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 and we 
get challenged because our thinking is, you know, we're, we have our, cha- our, our thinking challenged and, you know, we have to recognize that. And so, and, and I think as leaders, that's probably one of our biggest um, challenges is to work through that emotional aspect of when somebody is doing something or challenging us in a, in a way that we don't see the world, you know, and, and again, it comes back to ego, right? Ego and fear, right? Fear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're afraid. And we're constantly being told to be afraid. Like Mm -hmm. you cannot turn on any television news network, any of them, and not be told to be afraid of people who don't look like you, who don't think like you, who don't vote like you, who don't love like you. Yeah. Be afraid of those people constantly. And it's it's absurdity because uh, you know, I'm part of an organization called Starts With Us. And it was founded by a gentleman by the name of Daniel Lebetsky, the founder of Kind Bar. And they just uh, conducted a study. They they had um, some people do an independent study. And they found that 87% of people, when we're talking about politically, Hmm. right, are basically in the same place. They're kind of in the middle, right? So they may lean a little left, may lean a little right. But they're... It's the 13% that are on the fringes. And of course, these are the people making the most noise. Right. right. Causing the most drama. Yep, yeah. Right. So we think that, oh my gosh, we're, we're at war with each other constantly. Now it does happen. You know, there will be conflicts in families because we feel like you, know, you have to pick a side, which is another mm-hmm. thing that I think diversity really does us a disservice in, mm-hmm. you know, this, this siphoning down into picking a category. Well, how do you identify this identity politics thing, I, I think it's very dangerous. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, I think it's unfortunate that we, we're not monoliths, right? We are yeah, such multifaceted, multidimensional beings. Yeah. There's so much more to me than being black and a woman. Yeah. Those yeah. are things that people see automatically. Those are, I call them my bonuses, but <laughs> yeah. there's so much more to me and who I am and what I do and how I think and how mm. I live and what I contribute to the world. Yeah. But, in a lot of diversity spaces, that's what the focus is supposed to be. And I, yeah. I find that rather insulting. Well, you know, Kareth, it's interesting because it, in, in some, something just hit me because it kind of comes back to what you started with. And that is our identity because it, it stems from how we see ourselves. And, you know, probably because we were programmed as very little, you know, as small children, that, you know, we are this or we are that. And and then you start saying, well, I am, you know, whatever, you know, I am. And, and, and so then it starts to sink in. And so we have to begin to see ourselves in the way you just described as multifaceted beings that have, you know, a lot of different aspects to us. We're not just one way. We have multiple ways of, of our being. And, and, and I think that that's where, you know, a lot of times the, 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 the diversity world is trying to kind of divide us and, and to kind of keep us separate into these little buckets and then think they want to like bring us together so that we'll all magically get along. And, and I think that at the end of the day, like you just said, we're, you know, we're just human beings. And we, I think if we really get down and actually have those conversations, we're going to find that we really do want all of the same thing. And you know, and, and, and in that regard, one of the things that I've been thinking about recently, and I'd love to kind of get your, your, your thought on this is the diversity of the, um, uh, or the different, let's just, let's just say this, it's the different um, generations in the workforce today, because 
It's so big. I mean, you know, we start talking about baby boomers versus Gen Zs and millennials versus Gen Xs and, you know, all of those differences. So how do we bridge the gap, not only just from the standpoint of, you know, the, the racial diversity and ethnic and, and you know, all of the, those other things, but yet then the generational diversity too, because let's face it, you know, Gen Z grew up in a world that was a totally different than mine. I mean, my, my telephone used to have a, a cord that looked like a little pigtail on it, you know, and I couldn't get too far away. Right, right. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I, I love all the videos that people make and put them on like TikTok and Instagram of like the different generations, like I know, showing up at your door. Like, right. you know, some people call ahead a couple of days to make sure that it's still happening. Still some okay, people yeah. like you see them recording themselves as they get to your doors. So, you right. know, like, oh, they're there. Um, you know, that's so great because I'm actually working on developing. I, I'm a consultant for another organization uh, called Blue Ocean Brain. Mm. They do micro learning and I'm creating a webcast for them about this, exactly okay. about this yeah. uh, generational diversity, because there's so much that, you know, we, we, I mean, it, it's how we grew up. It's, it's how you were raised. Now, there are many things that cross over, right? Because mm -hmm. listen, some people are raised by their grandparents. So Right. They have that sort of generational influence, um, you know, and I think, again, it would be an error to say, well, this is just exactly what this generation is all about and what they do. Yeah. I'm part of this generation. So this is how I see the world. Right? right. Not necessarily. We're going to all experience things in our own unique way. Mm -hmm. um, are there traits that like, you know, yeah, like I'm, I'm from your generation, like, you know, we were allowed to stay at home by ourselves. Like right. some people had to walk home from school and wait till their parents got home for a little bit. Some people had to learn how to make their own dinner. You know, right. Right. they didn't have helicopter parents. Like you wanted to play mm -hmm. basketball. You had to figure out how to get to practice. Get there. Yeah. Um, and so there, but there are so many things like I, I'm one of those people also that like, I hate voicemails. Like I really detest <laughs> checking my voicemail. So yeah. I won't leave a voicemail on anybody else's device. I will text them and be like, hey, call me when you can, or this is what I was calling about. I won't make you do that. Yeah. And my husband's like, oh, that's so gen. You're such a millennial. You're such, I'm like, yeah. no, I just, I find it annoying. So I yeah. think we all like can pick and choose you know, like the different aspects, right? Of the, yeah. the, the quote unquote, um, you know, uh, attributes that yeah. each generation has, but it is certainly something to consider. Awesome. Yeah. Because we have, you know, so many different people now for the first time in the workforce, all at the same time, who yeah. don't know how to relate. And mm -hmm. if we can break it down to it just being a human experience again, mm -hmm. and I know that seems oversimplistic, and some people get a little annoyed at that, but it's not as complicated as we're making it. So true. Yeah, it's so true. It's really, I think in, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's, let's have conversations around it. Let's sit down and talk about it and, and talk about, you know, the differences of, you know, how I communicate, how you communicate and what do I prefer? What do you prefer? And then just really understanding that and, and not, you know, pointing fingers or creating, you know, while they, you know, and, and have a they versus, you know, us kind of a thing. I have so, a hack. I have a little hack for communication hack. Um, it, judgment, right? It's so easy to judge. Like yeah. we, that's that's what we do. You know, we walk down the right. street, we, you know, we see somebody pull up in a Porsche, we judge them, like what kind of personality they have, right? Yeah. Versus, yeah. you know, we don't, we all do it. Sure. Here's the thing. If we 
can understand that judgment is a weight on our shoulders. It's a weight on our back. Judgment means that basically everybody in the world we believe should think exactly the same way we do. Mm. They should see it the same way. They should believe it the same way. And if they don't, they're wrong. Well, there's no room for any kind of movement in that space. So instead of a judgment, why can't it just be an opinion? Have your opinion about something. Sure. Opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody's got one. Everybody has one. Yeah, right? And you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. If you yeah. don't see it the same way I do, is that going to crush me? Is that going to destroy me? No. Yeah. If I don't see it the same way you do, is that going to destroy you? No. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, and, and I, I love you, you just brought you, you just brought something to my mind that um, I, I wanted to talk with you about, too, because it's around humor. I mean, obviously, you're a comedian. And so you you talk about these things and, and, and make light of them. But how do you you know, how much does humor like help in these conversations? I'm just kind of curious. Oh, tremendously. You know, I if you can get people to laugh, you can get them to think. Mm, and if you can get people to think then you're sending them on a path for growth right and as you stated earlier this is about growth this is about you know being self-aware but also not staying stagnant you know being able to move forward um with your communication skills with how you your personal growth you know Mm -hmm. there's so much that rides on if we're just going to be stuck in one Mm -hmm. place versus we're going to be open. It doesn't, and I think another misnomer about diversity is that, well, people think it's a two-way street, right? And the two lanes that we get really stuck up on and, and caught and trapped on because they're dead ends is thinking that diversity is only about ethnicity, sexuality, uh-huh. or gender, right? Uh-huh. When it's so much more, right? We just talked about generational, there's neurodiversity now. Sure right? Physical abilities, socioeconomic, like there's so much more to diversity. And the other lane that we get stuck on is thinking that if we do diversity well, if it's successful, that means that everybody sees everything the same way. (laughs) And we agree. No, that's the antithesis of true diversity. Right, right. right? (laughs) So being able to use humor to create a space for people to just relax enough to be in a neutral place, because again, it is so personal. So yeah. oftentimes you people will come in on the offense or the defense, especially right. if they've had bad diversity, which sure, there is sure. a plethora of. Um, there are people with PTSD from it. I mean, people who have been traumatized by, you know, being beaten up or beating themselves up. And it's like, what good is there in that? Right. How are we moving forward? How are you a better person? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that as 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 we bring humor into it, it I think it sparks ways that we can think maybe beyond where we're at right now. And and it kind of gets, I think it, it it gets us to think like think differently because of the humor. Because I think that sometimes the best humor is the kind that you start laughing and you go, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> it's kind of like you catch yourself and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's different, you know. <laughs> and then, and then that little seed then kind of helps you to kind of follow the the trail a little bit differently. It's like the Trojan horse of knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And that's right. that's that's the beauty of it, you know. And I think there are a lot of people who, <clears throat> right now, we're in a bit of a, a a a space in society where you know everybody's looking to be offended. You know, what yeah. did somebody say? Let's let's take it out of context. Let's right. 
let's show how righteous I am and virtuous yeah. and flex those those muscles. When in reality, if if humor is really, if it's mean, if it's still angry, it, it's not going to translate as funny. Mm-hmm. But you also have to listen to what comedians say because sure, there are comedians who are body, who are blue, who use, you know, gratuitous language, but there are also some really brilliant people out there who are trying to give a message. They're trying to, mm-hmm. to, to show like, look, we, this is a universal experience, this whole life thing, yeah. right? We're, we're all in this together. Right. <laughs> and, you know, let's, let's, let's have a laugh at ourselves. Let's have a laugh at the, the wrongs. Let's, let's look at the truth. And things that we don't feel comfortable saying necessarily in just a regular conversation. Comics can do that. Yeah. And it's a gift. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, I think that anybody who can stand up there and 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 talk and make people laugh and and think at the same time, I mean, that's you know, brilliant in my book. Uh, it's it's that's a hard it's hard to do. I can't even imagine. I just can't it's even imagine. It's vulnerable. It's definitely the most vulnerable art form that exists. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, and I, all yeah. of the art forms because you know even if you're a musician, you've got your instrument there. Right. You're in play. You're with other people on the stage. Um, even improv, you've got other people there with you. But this comedy is all you. It's your face, your voice, yeah. your thoughts, your body for complete acceptance or complete rejection, right then and there. Yeah, 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 for sure. So one maybe last question before we begin to wrap up. I want to be respectful of your time, but it, you know, how do we? How do we start to have some of these conversations differently? And and how do we how do we like begin to help organizations and leaders to you know think about these issues just differently and and you know to get in their own growth space and, and really kind of get outside of their comfort zone? I think one of the first things that we can all do is just remember that we're human, we're fallible, mm-hmm. we're not perfect. Right. And we need to stop looking for it in ourselves. Yes, strive for excellence. Sure. But perfection, that does that's not real. Yeah. Right? That's right? But oftentimes we'll also look for it in other people. Mm. And when they're not perfect, then we see a hole yeah. either to attack, to, you know, have the judgment come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, grace. Grace is such... <laughs> a wonderful word that we really don't use in corporate America. Yeah. But having grace, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to misspeak. Sure. People sure. are going to not know what to do sometimes. Right. People are going to ask questions. Yeah. And I encourage people to be curious. Like, I, I think one of the worst things we could do is stop being curious about one another. Oh, you know, yeah. the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. Yeah. Yeah. And when we're indifferent, we that's when the curiosity's gone out the window. And that's when that's when we're in trouble. Right. We don't care about yeah. anybody or anything. Like that's that's when we're up, you know what's creek without a paddle. Right. right. So right. we have to, you know, remember to stay curious. You can be curious and courteous. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And th- this is where the R and the the care comes in, the responsible reactions, you know. Somebody asks you a question and you may find it insulting. All you have to do is say, well, why did you ask? Where did that come from? Like there are ways to handle it on both. Sure, sure. And I know it can be challenging sometimes if you're kind of like the token person and you're the one who's always like the representative of whatever group you're in. Mm -hmm. That can, I know that can weigh on you. I've been in that position too. Sure. But instead of seeing it as a burden, see it as, as a 
an opportunity to be yeah. a teacher, right? Yeah. To enlighten. Mm. And again, you know, so much of this is about communicating with one another. And if we stop talking because we're afraid of being canceled, because yeah. we're afraid of saying the wrong thing, um, it, we're, we're going to be in dire straits. And yeah, so true. we have, this is where the grace has to come in because if we stop talking, there's no way to create a space for unity. There's no way to learn about one another and there's no, no place for growth. Oh gosh. I, I love that Kara. And you know, I, I think that it's, it's so interesting. We, I, I love that you use the word grace because I think that we could use a heck of a lot more of that in, in our world today. And, and um, you know, I, I always, whenever I want to have, or, or I'm thinking about having some kind of uncomfortable conversation, I, I just preface it by admitting my own discomfort, you know, Hey, I want to have this conversation with you, but man, I, I'm not sure I, I you know, I'm not sure that all my words are going to come out right. And if they don't, you know, almost like, Hey, will you give me some grace? And, and I think if, if we're willing to be able to admit that I'm uncomfortable with this conversation, but I want to go there. I want to be able to have a conversation like this with you. It, you know, just that admission, I think it's going to help all of us to be able to have a conversation. Without that and just being authentic about it. You know, yeah, I, that's right. what people want. Sure, people sure. want realness. People want yeah. other people to deal with them. Yeah. You know, I get it. You know, you, you want to protect yourself, especially in a corporate setting. Sure. You don't want to get in trouble. You don't, you put on the facade and the smile and the, we're going to use the right language. We're not going to hurt anybody. We're not, but where, again, where is this getting us? It's getting us right. to the place where we're afraid to talk to one another. Right. Right. Well, and I think, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I just want to say there's, there's a price to pay for this. Sure. Because yeah. if you're not talking, if you're not communicating well, this is going to cost you a, people are not going to want to be there anymore. Right. You're yeah. going to have attrition. Mm-hmm. It's cost money to hire people. It costs money to search for people, cost yeah. money to train people. Yeah. Um, you know, if people don't feel like they belong, they're going to check out mentally. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. going to be as productive. Like there, there's so many ways to look at this. And I am not trying to make it just a financial matter, sure, but sure. when people feel like they belong, when they feel like it is a, I call them brave spaces versus safe yeah. space, safe yeah. space. Mm, yeah. It's a little bit much now. Again, that's kind of been a, a term that's been hijacked. Sure. But when you're in a brave space, you're brave enough to have those uncomfortable conversations right. and know that it's okay. You're not mm. there being set up to be judged or or, or manipulated. You're yeah. there because you want to learn. And when you come at it, just like you said, from a place of true authenticity mm-hmm. and, and, and realness, people appreciate that. And sure. we're not stupid. You know, we yeah. may have different levels of IQ. But we're not stupid, you know. We know when someone's being real with us, and when they're when they're not. When they're not, yeah, sure. Well, and I think that it's it's. I think if you come from a place of true curiosity and true desire to to know and to understand, um, you know, the only way it can go is is I think is good. You know, it's my it's my rose colored glasses. I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, no, this is. This is such a great conversation, Kareth, and and I I, I really do appreciate um, how you approach um, this whole area of of diversity and 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 how you know how do how do people um, it, listening to this right now how do they get in touch with you and find out more about what you're doing because 
quite frankly, you know, you're, you're, you're changing the world and I love it. And I, I really want to be able to uh, let people, more people know about people like you. Well, I really, really appreciate that, David. Um, Inversity, I-N-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y solutions.com awesome. uh, is my website. But if that seems a bit much, all you have to remember is my name, Kareth, K-A-R-I-T-H. And Kareth.com uh, is my my personal site. Um, so okay. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and yeah. Twitter and Instagram. Um, I I will do social media. Um, I, <laughs> when I have you to, know, right? It's one of those places <laughs> that it can be this like crazy pit of like rabbit holes and and sometimes yeah. a little bit of, you know, nonsense, but it's certainly yeah. a great way for us to stay and be connected with one another. And I, I welcome anyone who wants to reach out. Oh man, I love that, Kareth. We'll make sure that uh, for those of you who are are watching, or if you're listening, um, and you're you know doing something else, if you're driving and you can't write all that stuff down, it'll be in the show notes. So just go to the the show notes page of your of your podcast app, and it'll be there. Um, you know, this is such an important conversation. I really am really grateful, Kareth, that you came on and and were able to share with us just a snippet. I mean, we could probably go for hours, I know, because there's a whole lot of rabbit trails that I wanted to go down, but I know that we only had so much time to record. So we're going to have to do part two. I see. I think so. I think so. I, you know, it's, I just want to be able to at least wet people's appetites just a little bit, you know, just to kind of get them you know, thinking and, 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 and talking about this, this idea of, of diversity and just some of the things that we talked about today. So thank you. I really do appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's of course my pleasure. So those of you who are our regular listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um, do me a favor, if you would, go to the, the your podcast app, give us a rating and, and give us a review. And, and then do me one last favor and just shoot a note back to us, david at davidmcglennon.com. Let me know one thing that you're taking away from this conversation. And, and maybe what's one thing that you can do to have a, a conversation with somebody about diversity, about you know inclusion, about something that Kareth and I talked about today, because that's where really we enter into our own growth space and to be able to actually apply some of the things that we're talking about. So if you'll do those things, that will be awesome. So thank you for listening. And um, until next time, stay in your own growth space and be well, my friends. Mm -hmm.